Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Good morning. Stay standing just for a moment, if you don't mind. Welcome to this morning and welcome everybody who is online. As a church, we're just going to pray about a couple of uh, areas of our community. Is that okay? And so first up, we're going to pray. We're going to pray as a church here in the room for those who are watching online. Do you know that we have over 400 subscribers uh, to our, just our simple, our YouTube channel alone? Isn't that remarkable? 400 people that chime in and listen and look at what's happening here at MCC. It may not be of a Sunday morning, but it happens throughout the week. Isn't that exciting? Amen. And so, um, and so, our viewership and uh, is is really increasing, which is just really the grace of God, and it's proof that the, that the Lord is at work within our own hearts and our lives and our community. Amen. So we're going to pray for those who are online, and then after that, I'm going to get you to pray for certain uh, um, areas and certain generations within our church, because there is nothing more powerful than a church that prays, there's nothing more powerful than people coming together to pray. Amen. And so we're going to pray for those that are online. So I don't, you know, as just a simple act of faith, I don't know whether you want to put your hands toward the data projectors or the cameras, or at least, at the very least, uh, really just turn your hearts toward those who are watching online. Is that cool? All right, let's pray. Father, I just thank You right now for those who are online. Lord, bless them. Lord, we just, we count them as part of the community here of faith. Lord, we count them as part of the Kingdom. Lord, I just ask right now that those that may not know You yet, Lord, that they would encounter You as they watch, as they hear, as they, even as their hearts are turned in worship towards You, Lord. Your, Lord, Your Word says that as people turn to You, the veil is lifted. And so, Lord, for those who have not yet received their salvation and they're watching online, Lord. Lord, I ask that they would turn to You, Lord, that if that veil gets lifted and they give their heart to You right now. And so that might be You watching online. I just encourage You right now. You just say, Jesus, I give You my life. Jesus, I give You my life. You are my Lord and my Saviour. I just encourage You with all of Your heart, with Your heart of hearts, just say that, just invite Him. Jesus, I give give you my life and He is faithful to hold you dear and hold you close. And so Lord, right now, I just thank You for everyone watching online. I thank You that they are a gift 
to the body, that they are a gift to the kingdom. Lord, that they are a gift to their community. And so Lord, activate them. Lord, empower them. And Lord, if there are needs of healing, Lord, heal them and touch them. If there are needs of provision, Lord, You are our provider. Lord, You are the one that activates truth within our heart and life. Lord, I just thank You for them, Lord. And we recognise them in Jesus' Name. And we all said? Amen. Amen and Amen. All right. So right now, right now, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get a few people just to just to um, pray. I, can you just get into groups of threes and fours? Just get into groups of threes and fours, and uh, and once you've done that, I'm gonna ask you to pray for certain and different age groups within the community here. All right. So we're not just praying. We're not just praying for. Um, we're not just praying for the community that's, that calls MCC home. We are praying for the community as a whole as well. All right. Now, just before you do, just before you do, just before you do. All right. So, so I, which group wants the young adults? Who's going to pray for the young adults? All right. We've got young adults here. Which group is going to pray for the youth? Who's going to pray for the youth? Which group? All right. Youth over here. Who's going to pray for all the retirees? Retirees there, and who's going to pray for young families specifically? All right, group over there. Have you got anything yet? Has this group here got anything yet? Yes, that's part of youth, but you pray for the kids, so the younger youth, absolutely. All right, so just before you do, just before you do, listen. Oh, pray for needs in the community. All right. So just before you do, now listen, it's faith-filled prayer. It's not begging. I'm teaching you a principle of prayer right now. It's declaring and thanking God for what He is about to do and for it to come. It's not, oh Lord, please, would you? No, no, no. It's not begging. Because that infers you've got more compassion for the community than He does. Let me tell you, He's got more compassion. Hello? So it is a declaration of of faith and it is a prayer. Lord, I thank You for that. Awaken them, Lord. Amen. You ready? So I'm going to pray first. Father, right now as we praise the church, right now I thank You that You hear our prayer. I thank You that You are faithful. I thank You, Lord, that You are already moving. I thank You, Lord, that You already knew that we were going to gather together in unity in prayer right now. Lord, I thank You, Father, that You are awakening the community. I thank You for the different generations. And I thank You, Lord, that as we pray, You hear and the Kingdom of Heaven is is activated and engaged. Lord, I thank You for Your Spirit. Holy Spirit, just lead us as we pray. Go for it. Go for it. Thank You, Jesus. All right. Fantastic. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. I love it when we get together and we pray. I love it when we press in. Oh, praise God. How good is it to pray together? Yes. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for doing that. I just really, thanks, Sandra. I just really felt that uh, the Holy Spirit was really wanting to say this morning that um, 
for us as a church to really begin to pray for an awakening, an awakening of uh, families. Because so often um, in our life, we can become incredibly distracted by the cares of this world. And we understand that the Bible talks about the cares of this world. The cares of this world look like bills needing, needing being paid. Uh, it looks like, um, um, you know, running, you know, kids to sports and school events and um, interviews and jobs and shopping and all these sorts of other things. And uh, um, it is so important for us to understand uh, that the kingdom must be first in our life. The kingdom must be first within our heart and within our thought. And what happens is, is that we can easily become very divided in our allegiance as to life here on earth as opposed to kingdom and what that looks like. And you know, we really need the Holy Spirit in helping us, guide, helping guide us through that, don't we? How, how many feel the tension that I'm talking about? Yeah, I, man, I've, I constantly feel the tension between that, and you know, um, and uh, you look at the uh, the the steepest decline in, um, uh, in in this statistic in church attendance, and we and we're looking at young adults that there is a um, historically over the last ten years there's been a very quick drop off. Um, of young adults either leaving the church or certainly not joining the church. And there is a reason for that. There is a reason for that because, you know, people are working often longer hours, people are often working harder. And, and if you are a family member and you might work, you might work Monday to Friday, you might have a blessed job of where you only need to work Monday to Friday, and then you take Sunday out and then all you've got is is uh, Saturday to, you know, spend time with the family or, or simply just get things done that you have to get done. And so, um, you know, suddenly things of the kingdom, like, for example, church, how many know that church isn't all of the kingdom? Amen. Um, but things like church suddenly becomes a, a, um, an added extra as opposed to something that is prioritised in people's hearts and in their lives. And so um, these, uh, night, these times of worship, these times of prayer and these uh, moments even during the week of where we're gathering together with other churches is this area of, Lord, we lift up this community so, Lord, so, so that there, there is an allegiance that moves towards the kingdom as opposed to an allegiance to, to self-concern. Because how many know that the enemy would love nothing more than to draw people into the area of self-concern, which is self-worship, as opposed to worshipping the Lord together as a community? All right? And so... Um, and so uh, as somebody, uh, you know, who is perhaps a little bit younger than some in the room, uh, perhaps a little bit older than some in the room, you know, I know personally there, there's been a, many, many, many times, many moments of where I, I have um, asked God the question, Lord, you know, uh, I, I want my life to advance in other areas that I see other people advancing in of my own age, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and uh, and uh, yet there is an allegiance that the Lord brings me back to. 
And he says, Matt, is it, is it the allegiance to the, to the kingdom and what I'm doing or is it an allegiance to your own kingdom and what you're doing? And I always have to come back to, Lord, I want what you want. I want what you want. And part of my own personal testimony is that fact that the Lord absolutely brought me to my knees of where I continued, where I came, you know, it might have been a, a, a crushing to my knees, but how many know that, you know, we, we sing the old carol, fall on your knees, fall on your knees, right? Right. Well, when was the last time you fell on your knees? I mean, that's going to hurt. <laughs> it's going to cost you something, isn't it? Right? But it's like fall on your knees because you can do nothing other than fall before the presence of God, which is this moment of incredible surrender. And so this is actually not part of, um, part of the, the message today, but I just felt during worship today that the Lord says, hey, it's time to draw some allegiances where they, where they need to be. And I'm not just speaking to those that are in the room, I'm speaking to those who are watching online and who will hear this message later. There are young families out there struggling to keep their head above water simply because their allegiance is with what they think needs to happen in the world as opposed to what they should know is happening in the kingdom. Hello? If God's name is Jehovah Jireh, it means my provider, then I trust completely in him. Hello? I trust completely in him. And I would encourage you trust in him also. Amen? Now, that doesn't mean that we just all sell up everything and we go live up the bush in tents and and, uh, just don't drink the Kool-Aid, right? I'm not talking about that. There are people that God places strategically in businesses that provide funding for the kingdom. There are people who are better strategists, better thinkers, better operators, um, just hot, you know, greater achievers than many of us would ever hope to be. But it, but, and, and they will go and do that. But the truth is this, is that when God, when people like that place God at the driving, at the steering wheel, we know, we know, we know that breakthrough happens in community. We need God-fearing politicians right through to God-fearing baristas. Waiters, waitresses. Hello? Amen? So I'd encourage you, pray for our young families because there is a tension that's happening. Pray for our young families. Pray for our kids in those primary schools. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Today we are going to be talking about serving. But last week we talked about stewardship. And, uh, and uh, like what Sam talked about at, uh, at um, uh, the opportunity to give our tithe and our offering, um, stewardship means that we activate and are responsible for the resources that God has given us. How many know that time is a valuable resource? 
You can't get it back, can you? Once it's been spent, you can't get it back. And I think some of us, the older we get, the more we realise. <laughs> What's the saying? You know, uh, something is wasted on the young. What is it? Youth. Youth is wasted on the young. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, if I only knew then what I know, right? But the truth is, you know now. You know now. We, our life can't be filled with regrets of times gone past. Amen? Amen. And so time is a valuable resource. Your gifting in your life that each person has been given is a valuable resource. And it is to be used for God's glory. You can use, some people use their gifting for their own glory. Some people use their gifting for, uh, for the gaining of you know, money and things like that. And you know, I'm not saying that that's bad at all. But I am saying is that the greatest motive ought to be, ought to be for the glory of God. Hello? And so our talents can be used to exalt God and our talents can be used to help others. You know, if we start to talk about talent, we often immediately start to think about those who are gifted in, in, in music or in song or acting or, you know, creating uh, artistic masterpieces, right? And so, you know, often when we, when we do that, how many times have you listened to a song, you know, whether it's secular or whether it's a uh, Christian song and have really felt uplifted by it? You know, it, you know, three minutes, all it took was three minutes for you to go from sad to awesome. Right, you throw on a little bit of Dolly Parton or Elvis or, and just everything gets sweet, right? Why do birds suddenly appear? So it felt like Kermit there for a minute, you know. <laughs> Taylor Swift has been sold out at the MCG. Incredible. Time and time again. Why is it so incredible? <laughs> it's, it's just extraordinary. Why? Because, you know, there, there is a following. There are people who when they listen to that music, they feel something. That's a use of talent. The question is, is it for the glory of God? Now that doesn't discount that it's a talent. It's still a talent, amen? So around about this time of year, as what we have been talking about for weeks now, we make a special push to raise funding for the completion of our master plan. Our money is like a talent. You will see on the, on, the, on the chairs there that there are pledge forms that you can pledge. You can go, you know, over the next six months, my goal is I am going to give this much. You can give today. But we understand that's, that this is good stewardship. We understand that this is not sowing into simply a master plan for building beautification. 
It's not just making this building better. It's not just making this building uh, more usable. What it is, it is sowing into lives. It is sowing into people's hearts. It is changing people. Do you know that a building can change people? Well, if a song can, have you walked into St Paul's Cathedral and you just go, wow. We, Anna and I and the kids uh, spent some time in Melbourne this week and we walked into some beautiful architecture. And Anna kept on turning to me and saying, they don't make buildings like this anymore. No, they don't. They don't. We have roughly, we are just, we are $14,000 just shy of $100,000 for our building fund. It's amazing, right? It's awesome. Can you imagine if we were able to crack the 100,000 by the end of the year? We will. We will? That's amazing that we've been able to raise those funds. Yes, we have a ways to go. But that is amazing because do you know what we're able to do? We're able to, when I say invest it, we're able to put it in an interest-bearing account as part of the church accounts that you will see at the AGM, that that is increasing and increasing and increasing as each month goes by. All right? Now, it's increasing because of the interest, but it's increasing because people are realising and sowing into what God is doing through the church here. Hello? Can you imagine? Us? Man, I, 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 I would want to celebrate that milestone of $100,000. Amen? I remember back in the, in the life of the church when uh, there was money being raised in order to buy this building. And it was a long, hard slog, wasn't it, right? For some people, remember here? Well, can you remember paying this building off? Yes. Wow, what an achievement. What an amazing thing. I remember it because for a good couple of years there, our family was without a wage. I remember it because I know that there were people here, and when I say our family, I'm talking Pastor Bill and Robin and I was a kid. I remember when, when there were people in the life of the church that were sacrificially sowing. And I know that there's some people here that are sac- sacrificially sowing. Friends, nothing great is ever achieved without a price. And I believe, I believe that together as a church, we're paying a price in order to see these great and marvellous things take place. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, we pray for young families and I know that when we provide a space for young families in terms of a children's ministry, then I know, I know that parents are going to feel freer to come. Hello? Amen? And some of those things to take place will be a warehouse for CareNet. There'll be other things that will take place. And, we, and, and it's about believing God for it. Amen? All right. Let's open the Word. Are you ready? We are moving from stewarding to serving. 
And stewarding last week, we recognised four things. We recognised that stewardship is all about the fact that um, it's God's ownership. God owns everything, right? We can hold on to things as tight as we want to, but the truth is, it's His anyway. Hello? Hello? It's not like tithing is 10% and the 90% is mine. <laughs> I love what Bill Johnson says. He, goes, he says, stop paying your 10%. 10% is a bit like rent here on earth. Stop paying your 10%. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you might get kicked out. <laughs> but that's not really what I'm saying. But I am saying that it's all his, amen? It's all his. All that we have, all that we are is His. Amen? The Bible says that uh, it's the Lord who gives the power to get wealth. The second thing we looked at last week was responsibility and accountability. We have to understand that in Matthew chapter 25, it illustrates very clearly that God expects us to make the most of what He has entrusted to us. It's a bit like when we have a baby dedication here. As parents recognise that children are a gift and as a parent, we are to steward that gift. We are responsible for that gift, for the raising of the child, for the raising of that child to be, uh, to be to, you know, to, to be a, a, not just a well-behaved child, but a, a child that grows up into a wonderful human being that when they... Uh, are able to make the choice that hopefully they choose God as well. Hello? But they become a responsible adult, a responsible human being. The third thing we looked at was generosity and kingdom advancement go hand in hand. All right? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. Paul reminds us that we are enriched in every way so that we can be generous on every occasion. Hello? We can be generous not give out of what we don't have, but we give out of what we do have. Hello? Uh, and the fourth thing we looked at was to be good stewards, we must walk in integrity and righteousness. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. So today is all about serving. And serving is about how we steward our resource. It's about how we steward our resource. Who loves to serve? I'm actually somebody, yeah, I'm actually somebody who loves to serve. And it might be like a hospitality thing or love to have people over at the house and, and you, know, um, you know, I have very little to do with much of the catering unless there's a barbecue involved, but um, and that's, that's all of Anna's job. But it's, it's, it's great to, you know, like take Christmas, for example, you have everybody, all the family over or New Year's Eve and you have, because it's also Josh's birthday, and you have all the family over and I, I want the lawn to be good, I want the garden to look good and, you know, does, do people walk in and go, gee, Matthew, the garden looks beautiful? Not really, but I, I need to know that I know, right? Anybody else like that? 
yeah, I, I want the place to be neat. And again, I do my small portion of what that requires. But, you know, it's, 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 it's like a, a great thing to serve others in church environment. You know, you know the, the worship team gets here early. Is it because that we want good sound and sound checks are important? Yes, but in this we are serving you, Right? Can you imagine if this sound was all crackly and all weird and all crazy? It it would be unpleasant, right? The message would not be clear. And this is a serving thing. I love to serve. But in order to serve, we have to understand that we walk in what Jesus has for us. Open your Bibles to John chapter 13. John chapter 13 is this instance of where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Josh, could I grab my Bible out of my bag, please? Of where he washes the disciples' feet. And it was, it, it's an amazing example here of how's that? Senior pastor didn't bring his Bible to church. Ooh, it's all right, it's all right. So I'm just going to refer to it, but in John chapter 13, Jesus and the disciples are sitting at the Passover and, in, and uh, he, 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 they're eating together, uh, they're celebrating what the Passover means and yet Jesus had this tension within him because he knew what was to come. On top of that, there was a person in the room that he knew had already betrayed him. So here was this this tension in the room of what Jesus was about to do. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, I I would understand that if Jesus was was sitting down to dinner, uh, you know, can you imagine if he lost his appetite for what was about to come? Because we're talking the Passover is a banquet. Can, can you imagine? I mean, let's, let's say you're about to be crucified. You've got a great friend who's, about to, who's already betrayed you and is about to do the final deed and yet you're meant to be in this celebration moment. I can imagine Jesus going, yeah, you know what? I don't really feel like breaking this bread and drinking this cup. And yet in that moment of tension, and and I know I'm speculating here, but I I can't imagine it because Jesus was fully man and fully God. He sympathises with us because he knows what it is to experience all sorts of pain, physical, emotional, psychological, mental, all of that, right? And so in this moment, he is experiencing this and yet Afterwards, he takes off his clothes down to his loincloth, the Bible says, and he gets a basin and a towel and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. Now, they're all just having a good time. You know, they're not sitting up at a table like what, you know, Da Vinci or whoever painted that, you know, 
painting of the Last Supper. You know, they're they're probably like it's a low table or sitting on the floor or laying down on the floor and and they're having that. And then Jesus starts to work His way around the table and wash feet, wash their feet. Can you imagine? Their Master, the Saviour of the world, the Messiah, washing the disciples' feet. And He gets to Peter and Peter says, Master, you will not. And he goes, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you can have nothing par- apart from me. And Peter just, I love what Peter does. He just goes, it's like, it's like he's always getting out of the boat. He just goes, well, you know, if, it's, if, if, if that's what it takes, don't just wash my feet, wash my head and my hands also. In other words, let's do it all. I love Peter's enthusiasm and his heart just to jump in and say, Jesus, it's it's all yours anyway. In this story, Jesus is taking this moment to serve his disciples. Because then later on in the chapter, he goes on to say, "Uh, the servant's greater than the master. Are the students better than the teacher? Absolutely not. And you see, friends, where we have difficulty in our stewardship and where we have difficulty in our serving is the tension of us wanting to be master, of us wanting to be the teacher. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says this. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Now, some people might just go too far with this scripture and say, you know, I I just lay my life down. It's just all about serving others. No, it's not. That's not what this scripture says. It says, look after your own interests. In other words, be responsible for the resources that you have been given. Look after them, steward them well. But also in doing that, look also to the interest of others. Friends, this is about serving. Serving is a key area of personal discipleship. You cannot advance in being a follower of Jesus and being a disciple of our Lord without serving others. Jesus displayed that in the scripture that we just talked about. Because we have this feeling, we have this inbuilt mentality that to serve is to be beneath others. Whereas heaven works completely different to what the world works. Heaven says, the last shall be first. If you want to be great in the kingdom, be the least. 
And that doesn't mean you reduce your identity in Christ. It actually means you step into your identity in Christ. How do we do this? How do we do this? I can hear you're asking. Matt, how do we do this? How do we do this? If I could get this next slide up. We do this by four areas that I am going to run through real quick. Are you ready? The first area is surrender and submission. And I started off by inferring this before. It's about recognising God's ownership and embracing servitude. This requires surrendering our lives to Him and submitting to His leadership. It means aligning our desires. It means aligning our goals. It means aligning our actions within His purposes. Always seeking His guidance in every aspect of our life. Shannon Knowles, well, he, re, he redid this song, but do you remember it? What about me? It isn't fair. Who's had that internal conversation several hundred times? <laughs> I know I have. But Lord, what about me? It isn't fair. I've had enough. What would Taylor Swift sing? Who cares? Who cares? Ooh. <laughs> Surrender and submission. Friends, this is, this, look, if, if you feel some pain and tension about those two words, it means because there is some. Surrender and submission. It's easy to submit until you don't want to. It's easy to step into that area of submission with somebody in authority over you until you don't agree with them. It's easy to submit until God says or does something that you weren't expecting. It's easy to submit to God until He doesn't provide in the way that you wanted Him to. Friends, one of our core values here is being sold out. And part of being sold out is understanding that surrender and submission is key and crucial. Key and crucial. It starts us on that journey of aligning our desires for what Jesus desires, our goals, our actions, with his purposes and plans for our life. What's the first one? Surrender and? Mm. Now, let me tell you, it won't happen overnight, but it will happen. All right? I would ask you and invite you that you say that you just in, even in this moment just close your eyes and say Holy Spirit Holy Spirit teach us what it is to be surrendered and submitted Lord I choose to be surrendered to you I choose to be submitted to you
I submit to you completely. Forgive me for where I have allowed self-concern, the worship of self to rule. Forgive me, Lord, for where I've sat in the judgment seat. Lord, I submit to what you are doing, for you are the righteous judge. Forgive me where I've judged others and help me step into that place of surrender and submission in Jesus' name. Amen? That's powerful right there. Second thing, holistic discipleship. We have to understand that that discipleship is everything. Has anybody been on a weight loss journey before? Yeah, I think probably all of us at some stage, right? And, you know, what, what does the Bible say? If you're given to eating too much, Take a knife to your throat. Well, no, I'm not endorsing taking a knife to your throat. But it's metaphorically in the, in the sense that do all that you can do in order to. Hello? And so there's this area of holistic discipleship that, that you can't just, like, you might be really strong in one area and that might be really, really great. You might be an absolute dedicated reader of your word and Bible. And yet, on the other hand, you might judge somebody in the street for behaving badly. (laughs) Holistic discipleship, (laughs) it's very quiet here. Um, Holistic discipleship understands that it's all of it. All of it. Do you remember what Peter said to Jesus? Not just my feet, but my head and my hands also. In other words, he, he, I, felt, I think that that was symbolic of he wanted his mind renewed. Think, wash my head as well. Wash the way that I think, Jesus. And hands, wash what I do, Lord, so that everything, what I think, what I do, aligns with your purposes and plans. You know what? When we surrender and we submit to that sort of thing, it just takes away all this tension of fighting with what God's doing in our life. Hello? And we suddenly step into that moment of incredible empowerment. So holistic discipleship says, serving challenges us to pursue holistic discipleship. It reminds us that every area of our lives, including our resources, should be surrendered to Christ. It's not enough to follow Him in word or just belief. We must also follow Him in our actions and lifestyle choices, including how we manage what God has given us. Are you good? So what was number two? Holistic discipleship. Number three is faith and trust. Faith and trust. I want to show you what, oh, did you bring up surrender and submission? I want to show you the photo for what surrender and submission looks like. It's okay, no problems. All right. We're not working, it's, it's not quite working. You would laugh at the surrender and submission photo that I put up because that photo is similar to how I feel. Uh, maybe it's the oh, faith and trust. Go to number two. It's online. There you go. Holistic discipleship. If you could see the screen in front of me, 
That's what holistic discipleship. You can go on our YouTube channel and you'll be able to see what holistic discipleship looks like. There you go. There's holistic discipleship. All right? That's what it feels like sometimes. It's every area of our life, right? And and sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's a challenge. But um, let me me, uh, help you understand. You will get there. You will get there. Faith and trust. Serving requires faith and trust in God's provision. Faith and trust. It calls us to trust that as we prioritise His kingdom, He will take care of our needs. This trust cultivates a deepening reliance on Him and strengthens our faith as we see His faithfulness in our serving and stewardship journey. We have to understand, we've got to have faith in Him and we've got to trust in Him no matter what. I refuse to ask questions of God that he's not answering. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Well, guess what? When we graduate to heaven, some of those, some of those questions might be answered. But let me tell you this, faith and trust in what he is doing at the moment, in time. Hallelujah. Number four, lastly, transformational Living, transformational living is this. As we embrace serving others, it transforms our own lives, our values, priorities and attitudes shift as we become more focused on eternity and God's purposes. It moves us from self-centeredness to a kingdom mindset, empowering us to live for something greater than ourselves. We're going to live for something greater than ourselves. Amen? So if you're in agreement, let's stand together. We're going to pray. Transformed living. Transformation. As we are transformed, what takes place is a community and kingdom transformation. As we are transformed, we actually walk in a greater anointing and a greater power. As we are transformed, as we are renewed, then what happens is we walk in greater clarity. And how many know we need the help of the Holy Spirit in all of this? Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask for your help in all of these things. Help us be surrendered and submitted. Help us walk in faith and trust. Help us be completely transformed, Lord. Holy Spirit, I just lift up to you each and every person either listening to this, watching this or here in the room, Lord. Father, I just ask that that you, Holy Spirit would be released upon their life, that they would be empowered into a place of serving. Father, forgive us for areas of where we've 
just gone off that track. Or in a healthy way, we've been self-serving. Father, help us know what it is to be healthy in stewarding the resources that we've been given. Help us know what it is to see your kingdom advanced in reaching others. Father, we we ask you for harvesters for the harvest field. Activate us into this place of serving, Lord. That as we serve others, we serve You. As we serve You, Father, we serve others. Lord, lead us into a place of revival. Lead us into a place of increase and blessing, Lord. Father, we commit to serving You, to exalting You and giving You all glory. For Jesus, You are the reason. You are the life. And we give You all praise in Jesus' Name. We all said, Amen and Amen. Thanks for listening. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and His presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your Saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. 
Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.